everyone, it's Maria here. And on behalf of Simon and I, I'd just like to thank you for checking out our podcast. Before we get into things, I just want to let you know that this is only part of our online mini service. To check out the full service and find out more about Everyone Church, head to our website at everyonechurch.com.au. Hope you can check it out and see the full service. But for now, let's get into the podcast. Well, as we said earlier, we hope you've had an amazing Christmas day. Hope you're recovering on this Boxing Day or whether you're joining us later in the week. So glad you would be with us for our online service and that you would be leaning into what everyone church has been up to. And it's just been awesome seeing this community form over 2021 and we're excited about next year. And lately we've been talking about peace, the topic of peace and not necessarily a series on peace, but just just vibing around peace. Uh, and we've talked about Jesus' promise of peace in John 14, 27, where he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And we also spoke on Christmas Eve about how Jesus is the Prince of Peace from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. So today I want to continue in that vein of thought, continue in this this kind of realm of peace that we've been focusing on, and look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, where Jesus says this amazing statement. He says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. It also says it this way in the New Living Translation. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Now, for those who don't know, uh, this is uh, one verse from a passage of scripture called the Beatitudes. Now, the Beatitudes are a very famous passage of scripture that mark the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the longest recorded sermon we have of Jesus in all of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So uh, it's Jesus sitting on the side of a mountain, speaking to his disciples, and he's really laying out the foundations for his way of life, the foundations for his kingdom. And so many uh, foundational Christian uh, beliefs And foundations are found in the Sermon on the Mount. And he starts it all off with the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are like outlining uh, this way of following him and his way of seeing life. And they're to be emulated in our lives. And each one of them uh, is a foundational stone. And some of them are even warnings in a sense that, hey, it's not always going to be perfect, but in the long term, I've got your back. This is what Jesus is saying. Like, for example, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because these disciples were going to endure crazy uh, persecution and, 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 and issues. And also, we're talking about a time in history where people didn't have uh, fridges and drive through McDonald's. Like, you know, so he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Uh, And he's speaking to his disciples about a new way to view each of these issues in life. And the the rewards and the Beatitudes are very much um, in a spiritual experience slash relationship with God kind of uh, realm. Like, for example, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Well, that's mercy from God 
obviously. And, and each of these Beatitudes are like calling out the disciples to a new way of viewing life and a new way of living. Because we can't just conclude that Jesus is the only way to heaven and to salvation. Yeah, he's the way, the truth, and the life. We can only be saved by Jesus and not also conclude that he's the only way to live on earth as well. I trust what Jesus would say. If I can trust him for my salvation, I should trust him for my day-to-day life as well. So in verse 9, Jesus is outlining one of the ways in which we should live as disciples, as followers of Jesus. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons or daughters of God. They shall be called children of God. Uh, Well, by who? (laughs) Who's calling them children of God? Well, first and foremost, by God. God is calling them children of God. He calls us. We find our identity in him. It says in John chapter 1, verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, that's Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. So first and foremost, you're called a child of God by God. Okay, and also on top of that, we're called children of God by others around us. Uh, Just a few verses later in chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. For all to see. Okay, our peacemaking is to be for all to see. Our good deeds are to be for all to see. You know, when I was uh, in school, and you probably had the same experience too, we uh, had different kind of uh, labels for categories of people. You know, if you were a, a skater and you skate did skateboarding, you were, you were we used to call them skegs. Uh, if you were a you know, in the M and M and stuff, you were a homie. Uh, it, maybe you were a um, an emo. You were an old like you know the heavy metal music, and you look sad all day. And and a lot of these categories were quite uh, mean in nature, to be honest, and, and broad uh, uh, categorization of people just based upon what they look like on the outside. But they spoke to what was uh, to be expected from a certain group of people. You know, hey, if you're a homie, well, then you wouldn't want to get into a a fight with a homie because all of his other homies would want to fight with them and it would be like 10 on one, right? So see these kind of character traits of these categories of people. And Jesus is saying here, there is a character trait of children of God. If you're going to be called a child of God, you're to be a peacemaker, okay? You're to be known as being a peacemaker. Uh, The children of God are to have a reputation of peacemaking. Disciples of Jesus are to have a reputation of peacemaking. You know, Christians should be known for things. And unfortunately, many Christians are known for not good things. (laughs) And we should be known for better things. And, And it's important to note that although we live for an audience of one, and that is God, we live for him. Absolutely. We live for God, but we also live before others. Okay. We live for God and we live before and in front of others. It's I I live for God, but I also live in front of my kids. I live for God, but I also live in front of my wife. They see my life. People see your life. And Jesus is saying, be a peacemaker. 
work towards peace with others, seek to get along, seek to be reconciled. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as children of God. And to be a child of God, to be a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father, means in its very nature to take on the characterizations of our Heavenly Father, who is a peacemaking God, a peace-loving God. You know, God led the way by making peace with us. And so we should be like Him in making peace with other people. So the question becomes, what does being a peacemaker look like in my life? You know, I understand we're at the Christmas <laughs> period. I, I hope you had a good Christmas day, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there has been Christmas days filled with tension and a lack of peace, maybe a strained family relationship, maybe a strained working relationship where there's just not a sense of peace in that situation. Well, Jesus is calling us to be peacemakers. And put yourself in the shoes of the disciples that Jesus was talking to just for a moment. He's speaking to a, a group of followers, predominantly Jews, okay, who would and, and think about the world that they would have lived in. The Roman Empire rested on their this tiny land of the Jews without their consent during this time. Okay? Paying taxes to Caesar, all these types of things were enforced upon them. Uh, the, the Jews lived, if you, especially if you compare it to what we live in today, in quite an oppressive time. Oppressive for women, especially oppressive for the marginalized. Uh, there, it was not an easy time. It wasn't necessarily a time of abundant peace, right? The Jews uh, would have known, and Jesus would have known, that at any time a Roman officer could demand that a Jewish person carries their bags. Just says, hey, listen, you uh, carry this for me. And they had to drop what they were doing and, and do what that Roman officer said. Uh, they would have known that later uh, on in, in their life, uh, around uh, AD 30, or we don't exactly know the exact date, but that Pilate uh, would have, you know, an interesting situation happened where Pilate used money from the Jewish treasury to pay for an aqueduct to Jerusalem. And the Jews got really angry about it. And they're like, hey, that's like holy money. You can't do that. And because of their protest, uh, Pilate, uh, Pilate's soldiers bludgeoned a bunch of Jews to death. And uh, they, that's the kind of world that they lived in. Any kind of rising up against uh, Rome or, or, or the powers that be was met with violence in many ways. And the Jews would have known that around Jesus' birth, Herod Achilles slaughtered 3,000 Jews during a Passover celebration and canceled the Passover, okay? Slaughtering 3,000 Jews uh, during their very, very important Passover celebration. Now, to be honest, that sounds a little bit more oppressive than the situations we're living in right now. Uh, we're not at risk of being slaughtered to death in the thousands for disobeying our government. I know we can get annoyed at QR codes and vaccine mandates and all that kind of stuff, but for the most part, we're living in peaceful kind of times. Jesus still says to these people in the midst of that kind of culture, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as children of God. So how does he bring practice to this kind of point? Uh, 
doesn't just make a big broad statement, blessed are the peacemakers, and leaves it. No, he expands on that later on in verse 43. He says this in chapter 5. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Don't you just love Jesus bringing practical teaching to what he was talking about? And even just before that, he says, hey, if a Roman soldier asks you to carry his bag for a mile, carry it for two. What? Carry it for two miles? These oppressive people? Uh, what? Pray for my persecutor? Love those who don't love me? Love my enemy? Be kind to my enemy? Man, this is a tough road to take. But he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Uh, the, the English Standard Version says in verse 47, And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? I'm not sure if you've ever come across someone who is uh, not very peaceful or you don't have peace about your relationship with them. And ha have you greeted them? <laughs> uh, th this is the, the, the things that Jesus is laying out. He, he's saying to be a peacemaker in my life, I need to lead with prayer, with greetings and with kindness out of love, even for my enemy, even for those who are unkind to me. Okay, uh, it looks like seeing that person at work that's mean and unfriendly and hateful and, and spiteful and walking by them and praying to your father and saying, help me, Lord, help me be a peacemaker and saying, hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> uh, not, not looking the other way or, or reacting out of spite or offense or competition. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. It looks like seeing that family member at a Christmas lunch that you don't get along with or there's been family tension and, and praying to the Lord, help me God, help me be a peacemaker and saying, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. So what if that doesn't work? It's a great question. Uh, does this guarantee that if we're peacemakers that it will always be peaceable with us? Well, um, no, which is a bit of a relief because sometimes we can try and be peacemakers and it just doesn't work. But it says in Romans 12 verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Don't you love that verse? If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. In other words, don't let the lack of peace in a situation or a relationship be because of you. Don't be the person who is causing the lack of peace. No. In fact, you know what? Pray that God would intervene. Pray that the situation would turn around. Pray that, that God would help 
flip it around and make it a peaceable situation and do all you can to help the situation. But does that always mean it's going to end peaceably? No, because some people just do not want to live in peace with other people. And that's okay because there is a condition for our peacemaking as Christians, and that is our purity before God. We cannot compromise our purity before God and obeying him in order to gain peace with those around us because we live for God first. We don't live for people. We live for God first, but we live before and with people. There, there's, a, there's a vein of Christianity around right now that's like, you know, almost this belief that we need to be like fairies bouncing around and saying, bless you and bless you. And oh, I just need to be, I'm just floating around being at peace with everyone. And, but, but we don't realize that, hey, first and foremost, we need to live purely before God. And there's going to be situations where even though we want to be a peacemaker, it's just not going to happen. In fact, the verse before, verse nine that we've been focusing on, Jesus says this in Matthew 5, 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Isn't the order interesting here? Blessed are those. Blessed are the pure at heart. God blesses those who are pure, but then blessed are the peacemakers, right? And I've seen this take place before where where a Christian who knows uh, what is right and wrong in their heart um, they don't want to disrupt a pe- the, disrupt the peace in a situation. So, um, like in a social situation or a family situation or a work situation, so they just go along with the status quo for the sake of being peaceable, and they compromise their purity before God. Like there's a Christian, you're at a party, and one of your Christian mates, one of your brothers in the Lord, are drinking too much and getting drunk, and oh, I don't want to. Oh. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be a peacemaker. Or, or there's a work colleague that you're working with that wants to do some shady business practices, not, you know, tell the government this, not do that, you know, and, and oh, I don't want to tell him I want to be a peacemaker. So I just, you know, but, but it doesn't honor God. Our peacemaking needs to honor God. Being a peacemaker does not mean you become passive uh, and you just be a passive bystander. Oh, I better not say anything because I'm a peacemaker here. No, no. No, if we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. In fact, passivity can often lead to a lack of peace. It really can. Peace is not passive. It is powerful and it takes work. We stand to honor God in our lives and we stand to live purely before him. It says in James chapter three, verse 17, check this out. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. See that? It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So the wisdom from above is, first of all, Pure. First and foremost, pure. It is also peace loving. Uh, And we are willing to yield to others, absolutely. We're willing to have compromise here, but we need to honor God in that compromise and that yielding. So I want to set the foundation here that peacemaking that isn't pure does not honor God. In fact, I wouldn't even call it peacemaking at all. It's just kind of 
putting a band-aid on a situation, right? Uh, and compromise is only useful within the boundaries of what a Christian should do and when they honor God. All right. So we receive peace from the Lord. We live with the peace of God and we make peace with those around us. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacemaker? Have you been a peacemaker? And if you haven't been, I want to pray for you today. Or if you're uh, in a situation, maybe you're in a work situation or a family situation, or maybe you're looking into next year. You know, this is our last Sunday of the year and there's just a restlessness about a situation. Let's give it to God first and foremost. First of all, let's pray to him. Let's give it to him. Help God show us a way forward of how we can be kind even to those who aren't kind, how we can be peacemakers ourselves. Or maybe you've been the person who's been unkind. Well, let's repent for that. Let's say, God, I'm sorry. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be known as a child of God. I want to be known as a representative of Jesus. So I'd love to pray for you today. I'd love to pray for people who have had their peace disrupted over Christmas, maybe. Uh, Maybe people who are struggling to be a peacemaker uh, in their family life or in their work life. Be a peacemaker in your marriage. Husbands, wives, be a peacemaker in your marriage. Uh, uh, I want to pray that you would enter uh, 2022 with a sense of peace over you. And this is what I've been praying, in fact, over all of us. And I love this quote from Thomas Merton as I close. We are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. It starts with Him. It starts with Him. It starts with Him. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure and also peace-loving. It starts with purity before Him. Can I pray for you? Maybe you might want to just take a moment. I know we're on an online service. And I know you might, I don't know where you're watching or listening, but if that's you today and you're like, Lord, I I need fresh peace in my life. I need help in this area of my life. Would you maybe put your hand on your heart or stand up, whatever it is that you need to say to the Lord, I'm responding to this as I pray. Lord, I thank you for every person that is watching today. And Lord, we want to be peacemakers. And we know that there are situations in and around us that are hard. Lord, they're hard. But you said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as children of God. And Lord, I just pray, first of all, that your peace would rest upon every person. Your grace would rest upon every person. And we pray for situations, whether family, work situations, relationship situations, marriages, relationships with kids. Lord, that they would be relationships of peace that you would help us be peacemakers. Lord, we repent for times where we haven't been. We repent for times where we've allowed our pride to get in the way of being peaceful. And Lord, we want to live first and foremost for you. We want to live purely before you. And Lord, I thank you that we can enter into next year, into 2022, with a sense of peace. Lord, I pray that there would just be peace in every thought, peace in every step, peace in every every time we rest our head, that we would have the peace of God over us, like an umbrella, an umbrella of peace over every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.